John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. So how much do you love God enough to give? To give the glory, to give the honor, to give the highest praise. Because he loved us so much, he gave his one and only son to be born so we could have heaven right here on earth. He gave his best in Jesus Christ so we could be our best if we believe in him. So the best thing we can do in return right now is to lift our hands and raise our voices for all of heaven to hear. And for those who believe and choose to worship him, it'll be more than just your best life, but you can have everlasting life. So come on, let's put our hands together and let's praise. Let's celebrate the new king. Let's sing together. To joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing
Hello, Cathedral family, and happy holiday season. We have so many fun and exciting things happening here on campus. On December 19th is our toy drive. Registration is over, but you can still bring your toys here in the church office this week. Volunteers are needed, so please come this week to help sort the toys in the church lobby. And on Sunday, you can invite your friends or family to help distribute the toys to all the families in our community. Reaching Out Celebration of Love is on December 21st. There are limited vouchers available and you can sign up in the church lobby or at the church office, but there are limited spots available, so sign up as soon as you can. Please invite your friends and family to come volunteer at Reaching Out to spread the love, spread the cheer, and distribute food on December 21st. We only have a few invite cards left for Christmas at Cathedral. You can pick yours up in the lobby to give to your friends and family, or you can go to cathedralfaith.org and click Christmas for all the details on our upcoming events. On December 24th is our Christmas Eve communion service. We have two services at 5 and 7 p.m. indoor and outdoor if the weather permits, and the Christmas story will be brought to life through music and lights. And then on December 25th, we're having our Home for Christmas TV special on KTVU Channel 2 at 10 a.m. So invite your friends, bring your family out, warm up your hot chocolate, and tune in because it really brings the Christmas spirit. For the latest and greatest here at Cathedral, be sure to stay connected on all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and our website. We want to stay connected with you this holiday season, so please mark your calendars and come out to all our fun events. Thanks, Megan, and thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you're here with us. We believe God's wanting to do a special work in your life. This is the season of joy, and in Psalm 98, we read these words. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. There are so many reasons to have joy, and we pray that God's joy would fill you during this holiday season. Well, something else that happens during this season is this is the time of the year when we start making lists. The list of whom we're going to buy for, what we're going to buy them, what we're going to bake, what we have to buy for the ingredients for baking, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. That list can get so long. But I hope somewhere on that list is that you understand that joy leads also to the joy of giving. And in this moment, we get to be part of giving blessing. Because in this time of year, we see that God so loved the world, he gave his son. Because when you love, you give. And I pray that the love of Jesus will fill you so that you'll join us in giving. Whether it's your regular tithes and offerings to support the work that God's doing. Or whether you want to be part of our special Christmas offering for reaching out. As we bless thousands of family the special offering that goes toward toys for kids in the community, the special offering that goes toward our ability to touch millions of households on Christmas Day through our special television program. We hope you'll join us in giving. And there are several ways you can do that. You can go to the app on your phone and you can give generously and experience that joy of giving. You can go online to our website or you can text the number of the screen. And of course, as always, you can write out a check, mail it to us or drop it by the church office Monday through Friday here. We'd love to see you. 
May God richly bless you and give you that overwhelming joy in your life. And now to continue to increase that joy, Pastor Ken's coming to talk to us one more time about how we can be closer to God as we understand the life of ordinary Joe. Hello, Cathedral family and friends. We love our online community and thank you for joining me today. You know, it's a special time here at Cathedral. As you can tell from the stage, it's Christmas here at the Cathedral of Faith. And I I heard about this one little boy. He was going to write a letter to God to let God know what he wanted for Christmas. So he sat down with a piece of paper and he started, Dear God, I've been a very good boy all year long. And he thought, "Ah, I don't know about that. Throws away the paper, starts again. Dear God, I've been a very good boy for the last six months. Uh, Again, he has second thoughts, throws away that piece of paper, and he starts over. Dear God, I've been a very good boy for a month, for the last month. But even then, he, he knows himself too well. So finally, he gives up on that, and he walks over, to the nativity set and he grabs the figure of Mary and he takes it back to the desk, sticks it into the drawer and now he starts off his letter this way. Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again. (laughs) Oh, you know, know, Mary, she gets a lot of press at Christmas and she should. I mean, she is after all the amazing young lady who surrenders her life to God and gives birth to the King, the Messiah, that the world had been waiting for. I mean, she's the prototype for all of us who are believers, that she carried Jesus in her womb. And now the Bible says we have Christ in us. The early church fathers used to uh, talk about Mary being Theotokos, which means God bearer. Or in other words, that Mary was the mother of God, so she should get a lot of press. And then we have Joseph. He's kind of in the background. We have no recorded words from Joseph. He's the forgotten man of the Christmas story. And yet, if you pause, and that's what we're doing, if you pause long enough to focus in on Joseph, you'll find that this ordinary Joe is the strong, silent type. At the very least, ordinary Joe must have been an extraordinary father. I saw this one still of these, uh, this dad and his little boy, and they're in a mall. They're dressed up in, his, in costumes, and it says, I know a good dad when I see one. And when you look at Joseph, he must have been a pretty good dad because you don't read about Jesus having any daddy issues. You know, psychologists say that our first ideas about God are formed in the home in relationship to our father. And if we have a father who is absent or distant, a father who is abusive or cantankerous, that that can create daddy issues in children. And when those children grow up, well, it can affect their relationships even the relationship with God. You know, Martin Luther was one of the great leaders in church history. And yet, I was reading that Martin, it seems he had a very difficult relationship with his dad. 
And that made it difficult throughout his life. He had a difficult time relating to God as father because he wrestled with daddy issues from his own father. And that's why, well, if you're watching and you're a dad, I wanna give you a a shout out. I wanna give you props because when you love God and you're doing your best to be a pretty good dad, not a perfect dad, but a pretty good dad, what you do is you give your kids a head start instead of having lots of daddy issues to wrestle with. You give them a head start in knowing the nature of God and the character of God. And that's what Joseph did with Jesus. You know, Jesus, Joseph gave Jesus a good head start so that when Jesus grew up and began to talk about God as father, he used language that no one else in human history had used. It was affectionate language. It was intimate language that God was Abba, that God was Papa. Now we read about the moment that Joseph becomes the legal father of Jesus in Matthew chapter one. So once again, let's look at that passage. It reads, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. That's what we looked at last week. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins and all God's people said amen to that. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. And the big idea for today, the main takeaway for today could be wrapped up in a simple phrase. And the simple phrase is this, trust and obey. I want you to say that with me, trust and obey. Would you put it in the chat room? Trust and obey. And obey because this summarizes, in some sense, the totality of the Christian life. And it's what we find right there in the very first Christmas in the life of Joseph. That ordinary Joe, first of all, he has extraordinary faith. Extraordinary faith. He's a man of great trust when it comes to trusting God. There's one film that plays this time of year and it's called The Santa Claus and it's a fun film to watch. And there's one scene in that film where this this man is up at the North Pole and he, 
know, he doesn't believe what he's seeing, but an elf has a conversation with him and you can find truth in surprising places. So listen to what the elf has to say. You look distressed. Distressed? I'm way past distressed. Why is that? I'm talking to an elf. And I stopped believing in Santa Claus a long time ago. That's not surprising. Most grown-ups can't believe in magic. It just sort of grows out of them. Look, you're a nice little elf. Thanks. But this is a dream. I mean, this is fabulous. Is that a polar bear directing traffic down there? <laughs> I, I see it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> you're missing the point. What is the point? Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Did you catch that? Believing is seeing. See, on the one hand, we say, well, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But on the other hand, the way faith works is that when I believe it, I'm on my way to seeing it. St. Augustine put it this way. He said, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. And that's what takes place in the life of Joseph. First he believes and then he sees. Of course, at first he does not believe. When Mary tries to explain and, and says that she's not been with another man and that this is a miracle child, he doesn't believe that. Of course he doesn't believe that. We wouldn't have believed that either. But then the angel shows up in a dream at night while he's in the dark. Have you noticed how much in the Christmas story takes place at night? That when the child is born, Jesus is born at night. That when the angels appear to the shepherds, it happens at night. That when the wise men follow the star, it takes place at night. It's as if the whole Christmas story, God set it up in such a way that you and I would not miss the message that Jesus coming into the world, well, is light that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Can we give him praise? So there's Joseph. He has a dream at night while he is still in the dark and he is in the dark He's got no idea of what's going on. His world has been turned upside down. He's in the dark. Why is this taking place? And then the angel shows up and he has some light. Not only the word of Mary, but the word of God. And he has some light. And what does Joseph do? He follows the light out into the dark because that is the nature of faith. Martin Luther King Jr., he once said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Even when you don't see the whole staircase. You know, Joseph takes this leap of faith he follows the light out into the dark. I would suggest that his faith was even greater than the faith of Mary. Because Mary knew, she knew for sure 
that she, in fact, had not slept with another man, that this was a miracle child. She knew for a fact. Joseph, though, didn't know in the way that Mary knew. I mean, he had a dream like the Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph in the New Testament, he has a dream. And dreams are great as far as they go, but how can you be sure? I mean, was this a dream from God or was it a dream from a bad slice of pizza? You know, Moses, or, so Joseph, in, in a real sense, is still in the dark. And yet, he follows the light that he has out into the dark that's how faith worked. In fact, my dad used to say that trust works best in the dark. And it does. To help you get your arms around this, Pastor Rick, would you help me out? I'm gonna ask Pastor Rick to just take my hand and would you follow me around the stage? Let's go to the one side of the stage and here we are. And let's go back to the other side of the stage, Pastor Rick. Yeah, wow, that was awesome. Pastor Rick, thank you for following me in that way. Now we're gonna do the same exact thing, but this time I want you to put a blindfold on. So this is gonna put Pastor Rick in the dark. So we're gonna do the same thing, but this time he's gonna be following me in the dark. And here we go. Whoa, we're getting close to the edge of the stage. <laughs> oh my, it takes a whole lot more faith when you're in the dark. Thank you, Pastor Rick. See, which way, which way did it require more trust from Rick? Was it when he could see or when it was in the dark. Exactly. Trust works best in the dark. And that's what we see. Joseph, he has this incredible trust, even though he's not sure about how things will work out. Even though he doesn't know in the same way that Mary knows, he still follows the light that he has into the dark. He takes a step of faith. He believes and eventually he will see. He'll see one night when the shepherds show up at the manger and they tell him that while they were wide awake, the angels appeared and they declared this, that, well, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Joseph sees and eventually, or, or he believes and eventually he would see. The wise men travel hundreds of miles. They show up. They follow the star, then they follow the scriptures. They show up at the stable and they bow down and they worship this baby as the king that the world had been waiting for. See, Joseph believed and then he would see. When they took the baby to the temple to be dedicated, a man broke out in song. There's always been music around Christmas time. And he began to sing how this child, this one child, would be the salvation for both Jew and Gentile. And Joseph died before he saw the death and resurrection of Jesus. And yet when he died, he died in faith. And now he sees. He sees Jesus ruling and reigning at the right hand of the Father. And that's how faith works. First you believe, and then you see. So let me ask you a question. What are you believing for? 
If you're believing for nothing, you just may get it. Instead, what are you believing for? What is the word that God has put in your heart? What is the dream that God has dropped in your spirit? What's the light that you do have? And how can you follow that light out into the dark? This last week, I traveled back to a funeral of a friend of mine. It was an unexpected death. And he was a great guy. Marcus Lamb was the founder and president of Daystar Network. And as they shared about his legacy during the funeral, well, you could see how, like Joseph, he was an ordinary man with extraordinary faith. That as a young evangelist, he had been, well, God had put a dream in his heart to start a station in Dallas. And yet, Marcus, he didn't have the rights to any new station. He didn't, well, he didn't own a station. He didn't have dibs on a station that was up for sale. All he knew was that he was supposed to take a step of faith and move to Dallas. He didn't know how it would all work out. But once he took that step of faith, he believed. And then he saw, eventually saw that station come to pass. And then he saw that one station turn into a hundred stations. And then he saw that hundred stations turn into a, a satellite network. And now the media legacy he leaves is that the gospel is going to every corner in the planet. Never underestimate what God can do through ordinary people like you and me. If we have extraordinary faith and we put our faith and trust in God. That's why this whole idea, trust and obey, say it with me, trust and obey, it really sums up the entire Christian faith. And we see it right there at the very beginning in the life of Joseph. Ordinary Joe is a man of extraordinary faith and he's also a man of extraordinary obedience. He trusts and he obeys. There was an old Peanuts comic, Marcy and Lucy are in it. And Lucy says to Marcy, I, I want to be the... Uh, I want to be Mary in the Christmas play this year. And Marcy says, well, the director already told me that I was going to have the part of Mary. But Lucy just ignores Marcy and she says, I think I'll be a very good Mary. And Marcy says, well, the director told me yesterday that I have the part. And Lucy, again, isn't listening to Marcy. And she says, oh, my favorite part's when the angel shows up and he speaks to Mary. That's my favorite part. And finally, Marcy, she's had it up to here. She says, why would an angel speak to you? You never listen, Lucy. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I know I've been like Lucy sometimes. Have you ever been like Lucy? Not only when it comes to listening to others. How about when it comes to listening to God. You know, one thing that we see in the life of Joseph is that, well, time and time again, he listens and then he obeys. He listens and he obeys. In fact, when the angel shows up and the angel tells him that this is a miracle child, take Mary as your wife, 
What does Joseph do? We read it a moment ago. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. He listened and he obeyed. And then when the angel tells him, when the baby is born, you're to give him the name Jesus. Now, I would have said, wait a second, time out. If I'm going to take on the responsibility of being the legal father of Jesus, the least you can do is let me name the child after a member of my family, maybe after my grandfather, maybe after my father. I mean, look at George Foreman. George had five sons. He named all of his kids George, all of those five sons. George Jr., George II, George III, George IV, George V. I mean, at least throw me a bone. Give me Joseph Jr., that's not what Joseph does. Instead, he listens and he obeys. The Bible says that when the baby is born, Joseph named the child Jesus. And then when Herod, the evil king, hears about the newborn king, he wants to try to get rid of Jesus. From the very beginning, the enemy tried to get rid of Jesus. And yet the enemy could never succeed. Even when the enemy took Jesus and nailed him to a cross, Jesus had the final word. Resurrection had the final word. And Jesus prevailed. Jesus will always prevail. The Bible says that the light came into the world and the darkness will not overcome it. And friend, I want to encourage you. This is for somebody that's watching right now. Because you're experiencing darkness in your world. And it seems like that darkness is going to prevail in your life. But I want to share with you, if you're a follower of Jesus, that because of Jesus Christ, Jesus prevailed and his victory will be your victory. And the enemy will not take you out. The enemy will not have the final say. You know, the angel shows up in a dream and he warns Joseph. He says, you need to get out of town. And that's what Joseph does. The holy family, they become refugees to another country. They flee as fugitives from the law. We read that Joseph that night, that night, that night, that night, right away, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. No hesitation. And then finally, when the angel tells Joseph, it's safe to leave Egypt and go back to Israel. What does Joseph do? One more time, he listens and obeys. So Joseph got up and he returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. What a beautiful picture. In the same way that you had an Old Testament exodus out of Egypt, here you have the New Testament exodus. Jesus, the new Israel, the new people of God coming out of Egypt and on their way to the promised land. That's what Joseph did. Joseph, the picture of him we have is a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. There's no recorded hesitation. And I find that remarkable because I know when it comes to my life and obedience, well, you can... I found this one polar bear and you can see there he is dragging his feet. Boy, and I can identify with him and maybe I'm not the only one when it comes to obedience. See, there's lots of other recorded words 
in scripture. God shows up to Moses, gives Moses a mission. And what does Moses do? He says, I cannot speak. Send someone else. He drags his feet. God shows up to Jeremiah, gives Jeremiah a mission. And what does Jeremiah do? He says, I'm too young. I can't do it. He drags his feet. God shows up to Gideon and gives Gideon a mission. And what does Gideon do? He says, my tribe is the least and I'm the least of my tribe. He drags his feet. And yet with Joseph, there's no recorded hesitation. Instead, there's this openness to trust and obey. No hesitation. Let me ask you a question. If we were having a cup of coffee, just you and I, and you let down your guard and you just got real with me, where have you been dragging your feet? When it comes to giving, when it comes to serving, where have you been dragging your feet? When it comes to following that different career path, or when it comes to going back to school, where have you been dragging your feet. I know what it is to drag my feet. I remember when God had dropped a dream in my heart to write a book. I knew very clearly God had dropped that dream into my spirit. He gave me a nudge and yet I drug my feet. I drug my feet even though other people would speak into my life and confirm that and tell me you should write a book. I drug my feet When I would go and speak in other places, they would say, bring all your books. And I would bring an empty box (laughs) because they hadn't written any books. I just kept dragging my feet until eventually I'm so grateful for the patience and perseverance of God that I stopped dragging my feet. I trusted and I obeyed and I did a long obedience in the same direction. And eventually, I ended up with a book in my hands. Imagine living your dream. Imagine living your dream. Because at the core of the Christian life is trust and obedience. And when we lean into that, that is how we live God's dream. Let me ask you another question. If today you would say, Pastor Ken, I've been dragging my feet, but I want to make a decision to step across the line and surrender my life to Jesus. You can do that right now. Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me like you do. I receive you as my savior and I put you in charge of my life. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for making me a part of your family. If you said that prayer, oh, Jesus has come to live in your heart. And with Jesus in your heart, that's the way that you'll truly celebrate Christmas. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fear.
Thanks again for joining us today. We love our online community. 
And there's lots of ways to stay connected digitally. We'd love to hear from you. You know, we want to stand with you in prayer. And I'm praying that this will be a very special season where there'll be lots of moments where you, well, you, you have a, a meaningful moment with God that really enriches your Christmas season. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.